Welcome to Stories from the Heart. I'm Sandra McDevitt. Today on Stories from the Heart, a young World War II RAF pilot converts to Catholicism without the knowledge of his parents. A chance encounter on a train leaves another young woman in a dilemma. Stay tuned to find out the outcome for the young man, the woman, and the family on another Stories from the Heart. The Prayer of a Just Man, a story of World War II. The airfield lies a few miles out from the village. To me, it is yet, and always will be, a constant source of wonder and delight. On the July morning of which I write, as the train thundered up to the small station opposite the field, I thrust my head far out of the window. Up against the serene blue of the heavens, two planes were dizzily gliding and swooping, tearing along over a field and ascending swiftly, with a grace heart-stopping to see into the dazzling skies above. I beg your pardon, may I sit with you? I looked up into the eyes of a flight lieutenant of the Royal Air Force. Of course, I smiled. He sat down. I, out of the corner of an interested eye, noting his spare figure and thin bronze face. I wanted very much to start a little conversation, but I've been told by my young nephews that pilots don't care a whole lot in being ragged by every woman they meet. Now I was off to attend Mass and receive Holy Communion in the neighboring town. I opened my bag and slipped my beads around my fingers. Only to some awkward movement, they fell to the floor, and my companion immediately reached for them. You're a Catholic, he asked me. Yes, I said. So am I, thank God. A short silence then. I am to receive my first communion this morning. I glanced at him in unconcealed surprise. You are? Yes, at St. Rita's Church. I was baptized yesterday. Father McGraw received word shortly before the ceremony that he must go on some mission work in the Hill District, and, as he is the only one that knows about my conversion, and as I am on leave tomorrow, we plan this morning. Now, my curiosity was not to be stifled, despite what my nephews had said. Have you any relatives? Oh, they don't know. I became convinced of the truth of Catholicism out at the camp. A friend of mine, who was killed not long ago, showed me a lot, and Father McGraw, a friend of his, finished the work. But your family? Oh, my people, they are good and kind, and I love them. But they are tremendously staunch in their own religion, a cold, dark affair that never appealed to me. It has troubled them more than I can say, my not accepting their creed, and the bridge has widened between us. And although both sides have done their best to keep it intact, religion is their life, and my father's particularly. My mother, oh, I wanted to tell her, but I don't dare. Wouldn't they want you to believe the religion you choose? How could they understand? And I did not want to wound anyone until I received our Lord in Holy Communion. I'm hoping that with Him as the guest of my soul, I can make them see. Tomorrow I'm going home on furlough, and then I will tell them everything. 
Well, I will pray that they manage to understand and approve. Thank you. By any good fortune, are you going to St. Rita's? Why, yes. That is good luck. I want someone I know with me this morning, someone also who knows our Lord. We were ignorant of each other's name, chance acquaintances of an hour's ride in the train. I had forgotten, and evidently so had he. We were old friends, common guests to be present shortly at a great banquet with the great God of us both, host and guest, who are friends if we are not. We exchanged a few words during the remainder of our ride. I felt he desired to be silent. But then he said, Oh, I wish Caroline were here with me. A sister? My only one. She's younger than I, very serious though and deeply religious. She calls us men of the flying corps, wings of the heavens, insists that we, above everyone else, ought to be good and holy, and he laughed. Some idea of hers, the omnipresent danger of death, our spirit of service, links us and her mind solidly with heaven. I've heard one or two of the fellows express a like opinion. Flying high over the earth takes one in spirit, as in body, away from it. Psychology can fathom this, I suppose. Anyway, I have experienced the same feeling. It's hard to talk about it, but it is the truth. Wings of heaven. Pretty good name, don't you think? I answered with a nod. With all my heart, I was wishing Caroline were here. Uncountably, I was convinced that she would understand and love to be with us. She is a beautiful girl, he continued. She will be our very first convert, with a shy glance at me. A little before seven o'clock, our train reached the city. St. Rita's Church, I discovered, to be a tiny edifice standing at the extreme southern end of the town. Like the neighboring houses and unpretentious stores, it was simply a crude structure outside with a neat but similarly crude interior. With the exception of a scant dozen shawl-covered and overalled worshippers, the flight lieutenant and I were the only people present. A small altar boy, in a long trailing robe, was lighting the candles as we entered, and a moment later Father McGraw, an old priest bent and with white hair and a saintly face, began Mass. Oh, I trust that the good God will always permit me to remember that occasion. I sat behind the young man, for I felt that the holy privilege of being his seatmate should be his guardian angel. The fragrance of the white roses guarding the tabernacle, the beauty of the masses of larkspur on the side altars, the earnest voice of the venerable celebrant, and the musical drone of the young acolyte, the intermittent fall of some wooden beads on a seat back of mine, the straight, brave figure ahead, it all made me realize that life is good, very, very good. Soon the tender moment of communion came and passed, and when I raised my head, the young man's head was still bowed. We met Father McGraw at the door of the church, but he could merely give us a short greeting as his train was due to leave. God bless you, he said to both of us. Keep an eye on Ralph, will you? he said to me. Breakfasting together was not permitted, as he had to report immediately back to the airfield. We spoke, returning of his work. Somehow it seemed the only subject that would be considered. A fitting one, too, 
wings of the heavens for so memorable an occasion. Yet I understood all the time that he was thinking, as I was, of his family and the morrow. I gave him my address. He promised to look me up at the close of his furlough. And our goodbyes were said casually, as each could express them. Although he gripped my hand hard, and I gazed at him through a veil of tears. Only when he had gone that I realized that I did not know his surname. The following morning at my breakfast table, with my newspaper propped up against the sugar bowl, I learned it. In black headlines, it imprinted itself forever in indelible characters on my brain. Lieutenant Ralph Sunderlay killed in a burning plane crash. It was a final flight taken for the benefit of a class of student aviators. He was exhibiting a difficult turn when the engine caught fire. His body was rescued before the plane was destroyed. He was to have gone home on a furlough tomorrow. Then and later my whole life was not of him, but of his family. It was the most difficult thing I have ever done, yet the most beautiful. The funeral services were doubtless already planned, the family clergyman present, and I imagined it all. And I was to be the one who must bear such foreign and unexpected news in their midst. That noon, however, found me started on my long journey to West Haven. The young man had been killed a brief hour after we had parted company, and his remains shipped that same morning to his home. For some reason, the news of the accident had not been given until night, so I would be barely in time to explain the circumstances to the family and make arrangements at the Catholic Church for the burial. Neither matter could be performed hurriedly. But long anticipation soon fades into reality, and the early afternoon of the following day brought me to my destination. I drove immediately to the residence. It rather repelled me, the gray stone three-storied house, with a large flag flying at half-mast over the massive brick entrance. I prayed to the Holy Spirit and all the angels and saints for strength and guidance as to what to say. Reaching the house, I was caught by suppressed sobs as I introduced myself. A friend of Flight Lieutenant Ralph's was what I said. Now, John Sunderlay, his father, was everything I had expected him to be. Cold, grim, but aristotic faced like his son. Undemonstrative, and somewhat forbidding. A friend of Ralph's? It was a brief but courteous greeting. Yes, and I told my story of our meeting. Quite inexplicably, I left out exactly what I most desired to tell. I, I can't see. Oh, he was going to church, I added. To church? How his cold voice suddenly thrilled. Yes, but to my church. And yours is? Well, the Roman Catholic Church? Oh, thank God, he breathed. Thank God, I questioned. Yes, thank God he believed to know he did not die in darkness. Thank God. It has been killing me, his irreligion, he explained. I demanded first that he embrace my faith, but when I could not convince him, I petitioned God. And then it suddenly dawned on me that only the prayer of a just man 
availeth in the sight of heaven. I was not being just when I was excluding good from every religion except my own. Humbly afterward, I prayed incessantly that my son might find the truth. The truth, I whispered. The truth. And then he saw what I saw. Ah, his eyes had light. Yes. And his mother and Caroline, I inquired. They are with him, heartbroken as I was, but now am no longer. Won't you come with me and tell them the best news ever brought to us? I went with him into the room where the white-souled boy flyer lay. Wings of the heavens, God bless and keep them all. Thank you for joining us on Stories from the Heart. Today's story, The Prayer of a Just Man, was written by Mary Kennedy and published in Ave Maria magazine. For a copy of this or any of my stories, email Sandra at AveMariaRadio.net or listen again on the Ave Maria Radio Archives. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God bless the rest of your day. Missed a show? Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio audio archives. For years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the audio archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.